you need to understand your own strength in terms of competencies. I always talk about that, introspecting where do you lie in that spectrum of disk assessment or your Clifton strength finders, a lot of corporate teams. I used to build teams where I could say, you know, here are the top five things that I'm good at out of the 40 skills that they lay out. How do I build a team that kind of complements me? Because I don't want the same five me. Mm-hmm. And that allows us to have a more holistic viewpoint on everything that we're doing. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I'm your host, as always, Yona Weiss, and I'm uh, pleased to be joined today by Hemel Badiani, all the way out in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's great to have you on the show today, Hemel. What's going on? I am uh, super excited to be here, Yona, and talking to the, to the man, the myth, the legend here. So appreciate uh, you inviting me, and I look forward to a, a wonderful conversation here. No, it's my pleasure. For those of you who are watching this, we got Hemel's got a, a great background. Uh, tell us a little about that that virtual background you got behind you there. What is that representative <laughs> of? <laughs> yeah, it represents the fact that I want to be like Yona Weiss when I grow up. So uh, I've got some work to do, a few more bricks to add to that background, but uh, I'll get there eventually. That's my hope, at least. Yeah, awesome. You got that brick wall. It's uh, it's nice to see the you know the branded brick wall getting on the, getting a little more visibility. But we'll give you guys a little bit of context. Who is Hamel? He's a great guy. He's been in uh, you know had a really awesome career and decided out of out of nowhere recently to, uh, you know, after investing in real estate for many years, decided to just re- retire from his banking career, his, his career in, uh, you know, in corporate America and go full-time into his real estate company, Exponential Equity, which he founded and has in a very short time, uh, maybe you'll tell us a little more about this, Emma, but in a very short time has uh, acquired a lot of real estate, specifically multifamily. Uh, but what's let's let's just you know talk about the that first first step for a minute. I mean, retiring from your corporate America job and going full time real estate. I know this was very recent. This this episode is going to air in a, you know a couple of months from now. But I know this was a, a yeah. very recent announcement for you. So tell us about that. Yeah, it was a it was a long time coming. I think it was four years in the making, but. Uh, it, it all started, you know, was climbing the institutional ladder back in my management consulting days, flying across three continents, working with really, really smart people, Fortune 100 CEOs from Disney theme parks to the Vatican, and uh, learned a lot, helped them grow their businesses, tweak, bring efficiencies, mergers, acquisitions, product strategy, all that. So phenomenal uh, group of people to keep my mindset elevated in terms of the skills and competencies that I wanted to acquire and uh, and build on and what I was good at and you know how to interact with people, how to be diplomatic with a conversation, presentations, sales, negotiations, all, all the things right. that are useful. But at some point, you know, I started introspecting on what am I really doing, right? And there's there's that ladder, but it just keeps on. It's infinite. You can keep on doing it, or you can bring it in house uh, and really utilize to build something that 
I value as a company with my own culture of, you know, people first versus profits, uh, you know, leaving a true impact uh, in the form. So that started a journey of moving away from management consulting down to the financial space, slowed down a little bit in terms of work hours and really started dabbling into different businesses that I could build. I knew how to build businesses. Mm-hmm. I didn't know which one I wanted. <laughs> so, uh, and, and so I started with a, a, an outsourcing company, then a lending firm, then a residential real estate, uh, flipping houses. And all of them, in a, in a single year, I was able to scale to several employees, very profitable transactions, systems and processes and SOPs and all of that into it. Mm-hmm. But each one of them, I found that it wasn't something that was my true calling uh, uh, for several reasons. And so when I exited them, all of them or each one of them in a profitable fashion, and I jumped into commercial real estate, this one was my true calling. And I was able to bring all those knowledge and experience from the last two decades together to build something that I really valued. Mm-hmm. Now we have seven folks working with us full time and they were kind of nudging me for several months. They were like, dude, <laughs> you are, our paycheck is coming from the company. Yours is coming from the corporate world. What gives, right? So <laughs> it was uh, it was a months in preparation in terms of getting to that level where you know, including real estate professional status, you know, getting getting the maximum tax deduction for this year, right. setting up uh, everything financially from my from my endpoint and really take off at that stage. So it was a, it was a phenomenal day where I could say peace out to my <laughs> my company and and jump right in and do what I've built for the last several months here. That's amazing, uh, and it just goes to show you know when you have a dream, anything that you've experienced in life up to the point where you are right now, whoever's listening to this, I mean, wherever you've gone, wherever you've been, everything has contributed to leading up to who you are, where you are, what you know, um, and where you're going. And so if you can kind of like, like Hamilton, you said, take that time to make some introspection, think about what, you know, what's your purpose here in this world? Like, what are you passionate about? What really, what really do you want to be spending your time doing and allow yourself to make that happen, okay? And, and for you, obviously, it took a number of years to build it and try different things until, like you said, you tried out different businesses and what stuck is commercial real estate. So what is it about commercial real estate specifically um, and this business that you've built, which now you've gone full-time into r- running, that you love so much? Yeah, it's it's the scale factor. I always worked in Fortune 100 companies, so you know I always tell my partners and and employees, one percent of a billion and hundred percent of ten million are the same thing. You just have to understand what type of business you want to be in, and a billion dollar business operates very differently than a ten million dollar business, right? The the structures, the processes, the training of the employees, the HR systems, the technology environments. All of that is different. And that's what I've operated in. And mm-hmm. I truly believe in the commercial space, if you scale it right, very disciplined over several years, you can build a several billion dollar company in different spaces that allows you to be a global player in the market in an industry that is a impactful because you know it brings so much to the communities of tenants and other people who are invested in it. Uh, B brings a lot of jobs uh, from an infrastructure standpoint, especially for development. Mm-hmm. C it's global in nature with all the investments that we can do. 
Uh, and the, from a giving back perspective, right, our vision is that eventually for the exponential giving our charity organization that will we'll make it big uh, as we scale up. We want to invest in land that we would hold for climate change. We'll invest in that, you know, uh, uh, for giving people's taxes and helping people who might be losing their homes, for example. So there's so much you can do in a mm. tangible industry like this along with the scale it brings that personally I like to operate in. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was a natural choice. That's amazing. And it probably took some time until you obviously realized that, um, that it has all these opportunities. But I love the fact that you kind of touched on something that I don't think a lot of our, you know, my, me personally and a lot of our listeners don't really grasp. I mean, for someone like you who has worked in, you know, multi-billion dollar corporations for your entire career, what is it like I mean, and you described your goal to create a billion dollar real estate company, which you're well on your way to doing. I mean, uh, yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned to me before the call, like you're, you're already on your way to a hundred million within, uh, within the first nine months of going full, you know, going into this. So that's, that's pretty impressive. But what is it about a billion dollar company that, um, you know, a corporation that does function different. I know you mentioned there's different operations, different things, but, you know, from yeah. a practical perspective, like I, I wouldn't, you know, obviously there are differences and one can recognize them, but um, maybe some, just maybe enlighten me a little more on that. Yeah. It, it's a mindset of the senior leadership that has to be different, right? So for example, if you think about a, a bank's accounting firm or the head of supply chain in a bank, they might be earning multiple seven figures, right? They might be getting some vested stock in the company that make them uh, part owners, but they don't own 50% of the small business that we would typically think about. So mm -hmm. the ability for growth and control uh, are inversely proportional, right? So if you want to grow exponentially, which is the name of our brand, incidentally, you have to give up the control on the mindset of, you know, I'm just going to carve out four slices of this pie because it'll stay really small, that pie. If you think about creating a, a firm that is giving out vested stock and you create different divisions, that allows you to have across risk spectrum and different revenue generation streams. Like we are looking into new construction now, Multifamily acquisitions is already on a roll. We're looking at other asset classes, self-storage, hotels. So tomorrow, you know, we can be disciplined and saying, well, multifamily is too hot or something macroeconomically happened that allows us to slow down that division of the business. But from a revenue stream perspective, from an equity ownership perspective, whoever's invested the time and effort, they're still getting paid. Mm -hmm. And they're still uh, reaping the benefits of other divisions working. We get to reinvest those profits into supply chain, technology, HR, all of those elements. So when you think about just a handful of employees, you typically think about having a couple of A players as salaried employees, a couple of equity partners, and everything's kind of sliced transactionally three, four ways. Right. You think bigger than that, that's when you start creating a company that has multiple layers of management. Multiple and, and divisions in its true sense that you can operate from. Amazing. So, I mean, it is really, uh, it is a different animal than uh, your typical syndication um, partners that we see going around a lot in this, in this community, right? You see a lot of these people who are, like you said, yeah. they, they're really how you described it. They're, you know, transactional, um, even though 
they may have a partnerships formed, uh, various yes. forms of partnerships, um, but are taking down deals on kind of a one by one um, stance and may have an employee or two or, or three and maybe growing like that. But I think the way that you're organically creating it from the beginning with that yes. potential, right? Like you said, the exponential potential is already there because yes. of the framework that you're creating. I think you have a great advantage, I would say, over a lot of other people in the space because of your background and because of the corporate, um, you know, experience that you've had. Yeah. And that vision, right? There's nothing wrong with the other, uh, operating model or business model. You can make a lot of money and you can have a, uh, a couple of decades of transactional elements and you might even be able to live in Hawaii and work from your laptop, right? I have no desire of doing that. At least for now, I want to build something that I, I can, I am ready to outwork a lot of people. I'm ready to put that 70, 80 hour weeks for the next 10 years to build that company that has that infrastructure. Cause it takes again, a different level of discipline and competency to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a choice along with the experience that has allowed us to at least move in that direction. Amazing. And I, I've seen, I know, you know, obviously a lot of these companies already exist, and, and, you know, you're not rebuilding, even within business in general, obviously, these exist, but even within real estate, commercial real estate, there are, you know, hundreds of companies like this that yeah. exist with the existing model. So it's not like you're reinventing the wheel by any, no. any shape uh, or form. It's just, it's different within, you know, our community of syndicators that uh, kind of play the, uh, <laughs> play the game and go yeah. along the podcast uh, uh, wheel. <laughs> wheel yeah. of uh, fortune, if you will. So yeah, no, that's it's always great to have a, a different perspective and a breath of fresh air in that because again, like you said, it's the vision. It's it's about yeah. creating something much bigger than yeah. uh, than yourself, and and that's everyone has different goals, and I think that's really the main yeah. thing because everyone's going to do something differently. For me, I wouldn't want to do that. That's just not who I am. It's not what I have. I don't yeah. have a vision for that, but I wouldn't even you know, want to go into that. I, my goal for investing in real estate is totally different than someone else's. And each person has their exactly. own whys and their own you know, reasons for doing things. And I think that's what's so special about, um, you know, about everyone is that we all, yeah. you know, we're all trying to find our best way. Yeah, exactly. What would you say for someone who is listening to this that, you know, maybe some advice or something who is maybe considering, maybe they're in the corporate world, maybe they're doing management consulting, maybe they're in finance or whatever it is, and, they're, and they've maybe invested a little bit in real estate, either passively or maybe they own a single family or two or three. And, and they're yeah. thinking of, um, you know, how can they get involved? Like to be, you know, get out of the corporate world and to do something more. I mean, you're the funny thing is you're not really getting out of the corporate world. You're creating your own corporation. Right? <laughs> That's well put. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, first knowing your strengths, right? Is this really what you want to do, right? Corporate world is comfortable. Uh, the paycheck comes every two weeks. It's a, it's like an addiction that may or may not be something that uh, might be uh part of your season of your life for now, right? Young kids or private education or other things that might be holding you back. You need to understand your own strength in terms of competencies. Always talk about that, introspecting. Where do you lie in that spectrum of disk assessment or your Clifton strength finders? A lot of corporate teams, I used to build teams where I could say, you know, here are the top five things that I'm good at out of the 40 skills that they lay out. 
how do I build a team that kind of complements me? Because I don't want the same five me. Mm-hmm. And that allows us to have a more holistic viewpoint on everything that we're doing uh, and allows us to move forward in a more disciplined and rigid, structured fashion, right? And then and the third thing is, you know, you hopefully you get to test drive. Some people jump in, both feet in. I got a little bit of test driving before I left my job into mm-hmm. multiple businesses that I was successful at. Because my, my point is to, if you don't enjoy and truly passionate about what skill set and what lane you are in within that business, it sounds very cliched, it, 90% of all the things we do is grunt work, right? You got you to gotta edit your podcast. You got you to gotta <laughs> post it out, right? I got to do build my business day in, day out. I got to crunch my newsletter. I, I, there's so much. I have to pick that phone up for every investor that we are communicating with. And 90% of it is truly, truly grunt work. And anybody who says otherwise is lying. And so if you're truly not passionate about what you're trying to do, it becomes another job. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be in that. Not not at least if you're trying to get away from one. So right. know yourself, know your season, find your passion, hopefully get to test drive it uh, and plunge in. No, that's awesome. I love how you break it down. I mean, you have, just in this short conversation, I see already you have such a skill of being able to just put together those bullet points, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> to uh, to describe anything, right? So that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, one more question along those lines. Actually, let's kind of transition a little bit, but still along the same lines in terms of, you mentioned the, you know, potential diversification of the business model where, you know, you're looking at multiple asset classes and seeing multiple streams of revenue coming yeah. into the business. You know, what are some of those and, and why do you think they are uh, currently at least uh, important? Yeah, we, we just had finished our two-day retreat a couple of weekends back, so end of April 2021, where we took all the seven folks, went out for two days up in the mountains and did what is called a SWOT analysis, right? With strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. And uh, we looked at focus areas for the next 90 days. So we can all put goals individually on each division of the business. Where do we, where do we uh, want to be in marketing? Where do we want to be in investor relations, uh, acquisitions, et cetera? And one of the things we talked about was a risk spectrum, right? Multifamily is an amazing asset class. It's uber hot, lots of free money out there, lots of institutional buyers. And so we right now go through 150 deals a month to submit three to five offers. And uh, that takes a lot of time, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to buy one or two a quarter. And if we can buy 40, 50 million dollar assets, a qu- one or two a quarter, that sets us up where we want to be. Um, so we're excited about that. But it takes four to 500 opportunities to evaluate, to get right. to one that at least we like. Mm-hmm. And so from a risk spectrum standpoint, you know, not getting frustrated or not getting disciplined about that. If we don't buy something for six months, how do we how do we create a company again that we are not just transactional, everybody just looking at one thing to buy every quarter and we're done, mm-hmm. but build something that allows us to have the engine humming. And so to that end, we're looking at new development, both of townhomes and self-storage us based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Most of our partners and employees are based in Charlotte, North Carolina. So allows us to avail of that uh, proximity right. uh, of the super super hot market of the Very Carolina market yeah um so <laughs> yeah. We're, we're excited we can buy distressed land we can go through six eight months of rezoning process so we have contingency built in 
working with the city to buy residential land, make it commercial, and then build on it. So it allows us to have that uh, moat or contingency in that process to be disciplined with our price. And then we're looking at others, other uh, aspects like self-storage, which we believe is a super resistant, uh, recession resistant and more automated, more scalable class of assets. So we're mm-hmm. building that competency now. And uh, lastly, we've got a couple of operators here in the hotel space. They own six to eight properties. Hotels now, since spring break, are coming back in roar. Uh, and there's a lot of private equity funds that are looking to buy you know, good enough floating hotels, knowing the trends that people are just frustrated and they want to they wanna get, get out and uh, they want right. to uh, be in places now. And, you know, vaccines are coming in. 30% of the population in the United States is vaccinated. So we, we are in a good spot where that industry is going to kick up and we want to be on the good side of having that. It's such a niche market. It's only 3% of the commercial portfolio overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a good operator who owns several assets was able to float it during the, the, these pandemic times, partnering with them, bringing them to our brand and scaling them up from six to 60 would be a great vision to have. So that's where we are. That's amazing. And each one of those individual, you know, is it, is it a bit, like you said, it's a business unto itself. The division, um, yep each own division. And which is why, you know, again, you don't find many uh, operators, right, coming at it, coming at it um, from that perspective. Like, let's let's yeah. just take on multiple streams, uh, multiple different divisions all at once. And I think that's going to help you to scale uh, yeah. a lot faster. And even how we build the division has been very systematic. I'll, I'll spend 30 seconds on it. We, we you know, Coming from the consulting world, you first we do is we gather competitive intelligence. So even before we bought our first multifamily asset, we invested our money where our mouth was in three different operators. So we kind of figured out, okay, what do they do in terms of reporting and communication mm-hmm. and what's the best practice, so to speak, right. that could uh, we could imbibe into our culture and our process. Uh, and then we did, you know, junior partnership once or twice that allows us to have that foot in the door from a property management conversation standpoint, vendors, suppliers, relationships, et cetera. And then we take the training wheels off and do our thing soup to nuts and everything eventually comes in house. But that's the process. It's a three pronged approach. Learn the business, you know, get the training wheels on see what the others are doing, very close proximity, almost like an apprentice type mm-hmm. of position for a handful of months, and then, you know, uh, change the game plan where we, we are the lead sponsors of it. Amazing. Now, when someone who's maybe not in your financial position, uh, do you think that something like that is still possible um, for someone to do? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the two things that make any business work is, deals are money, right? Uh, or customers are money, right? And that's, I think that's the entry point in any business, let alone real estate. If you haven't some way of acquiring something off market, even if it's a one-off, you know, hey, my neighbor is selling something because their generational family is now no longer interested or competent to work on this and who can buy it and let me have a, a you know, small slice of the pie so that I can learn what you all are doing. Right. That's the conversation we have on almost on a weekly basis. Interesting. Um, and it doesn't have to be just, hey, uh, let me invest with you so I can learn. And we are not in the coaching or educational business, but there, you know, there's a lot of people who spend some money in terms of learning 
some of that and gets you 15, 20% there. But at some point, the last 80% or the majority of the time is to be in that, you know, on the job training has to be there. And if right. you don't find a way to get the front door, it's harder to just learn from theory on the day-to-day problem solving and fire uh, fires that you need to put out in terms of operations, true operations uh, that you have to go through. And this business now nowadays, when you think about, you're not going to get any discount uh, no. in, in the next five years in multifamily, especially. Um, so the way to earn money and maximize profit is is that decade of that operator, right? You got to think about how to build those operational efficiencies, how to be creative and uh, and that's another the whole conversation on how to get creative incomes in uh, to maximize your, you know, your expense gain so that your NOI gets your net operating income gets impacted. Your profitability goes up because you're not getting a disc. You're not buying things at 60 cents on a dollar. Right? right. So there's only two ways of earning money, mm-hmm. buy things right or, um, you know, reduce the expenses yeah. or increase the rents. Hundred percent. It's an excellent perspective. I love that. This has been extremely enlightening, um, Hemal. I want to I want to transition right now into the final four. So these are yeah. four questions that I ask all my guests. And the first question for you is: What's the worst job that you ever had? Oh man, I still remember it. I think I have the T-shirt for this one. <laughs> landed from India at the age of nineteen. Lived like a prince there. Landed here in UNC Charlotte. Uh, and got a job at Chick-fil-A. I was filleting or spreading the frozen chicken patties back in the freezer. And I lasted about 20 days before I begged uh, the guys at Burger King and Pizza Hut to, to take me <laughs> transferring. So, uh, and that seemed easier to, to you know, fry pat- burger patties than uh, filleting chicken. But that was, that was the worst one. Oh, man, yeah, that's, that's horrible. That's... <laughs> You know, yeah. what, what you got to do sometimes to make a buck, you know? Yes, yes. And you remember those. Absolutely. Definitely remember those. Um, so second question, what's a book that you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Yeah, uh, Think and Grow Rich has been uh, the defining one along with the seven habits very recently over the last couple of years as I was seeking where I would find satisfaction and fulfillment uh, I was like a college kid, you know, back in college, I'd read Think and Grow Rich, didn't grasp it, to be honest. And this time around, when I read it, I was marking down sentences. I'm like, wow, that is unbelievable. And such a powerful thought and notion uh, that one can subscribe to. And uh, that, that, that that has been the, the Bible for me or, or the, the book of choice for me to go with in terms of, uh, you know, uh, going back to, or at least if I think about my kids reading at some point, those mm-hmm. are the two books that I think yeah. seven, think it grow rich and seven habits of uh, successful people. Yeah, absolutely. They're both, both on the top of my, uh, of my reading list of my book list also of, of classic, um, yeah. you know, great books as well, you know, so excellent choices. Thank you for, for bringing those up. If, if anyone listening wants to check those out, those will be in the show notes. You can uh, check out those two books, which I highly recommend as well. Uh, oftentimes we'll get a new book that I've never heard of or, or never read before. So I'm grateful yeah. to you that I don't have to, um, you know, add on to my reading list. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Those are, those are too long for folks who kind of note down all the books. I I have a big reading list that I need to get onto at some point. Yeah. Well, as you can imagine, almost, almost every episode, I add another one to it. So it just, (laughs) it's uh, continuously growing. Uh, But 
Third question, what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? Playing guitar. That's been, uh, I'm very good at air guitar. I can, <laughs> I can uh, emulate Slash or any good rock musician. But uh, the, the real thing, uh, I, I missed out an opportunity during my younger years when, you know, my parents encouraged me and my brother to take up music in some fashion. My brother did, I didn't. I thought it was a waste of time. And uh, at some point, it's just one of those things, right? It, you, you can, you, it, it's with you, you work on it. It gives you that peace, the meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's an art, it's creative. Um, and, and so I, I'm, I'm really passionate about doing that. Now that I've left, left my corporate world, I'm, I'm going to find a slice of time that allows me to, to embark on that path consistently. You know, maybe in a few years time, I might come and play on this show. There you go. There you go. We'll, uh, we'll schedule it in. That's exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll make a, uh, maybe we'll make a band of all the people that I've mentioned, uh, putting uh, an instrument on the Weiss and Weiss podcast. As their, as their talented one maybe, maybe it's your birthday. We play happy birthday <laughs> on or something. We'll call it the Weiss Advice Orchestra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, fourth and final question for you is, what does success mean to you? Uh, it's, a, it's a very big question. Um, I, I think I measure my success on a daily basis, right? Uh, it's how I served others, uh, how I treated my family, uh, how I lived up to my own potential uh, on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, what impact could I have you know, overall on this planet as a speck of organism that uh, I am in this entire cosmos, but a slice of the cosmos. Mm -hmm. And so it's not material. Uh, it's not tangible. It's more, you know, what have I done to give back? Whatever have I spent my energy? Uh, mm -hmm. And that's how I measure myself in terms of being successful for the night or day or not. Yeah. That's awesome because there there are really so many so many things we can point to in our daily lives that we can measure uh, if we just look. And yeah. I think most people think of success as more of like a macro thing, like something I want to get to, right? But yeah. really, like you said, it's really a daily thing. Like you should be daily working towards that and being successful in your interactions with others. Yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. I love that. Love that answer. So finally. Amal, as we come to a close here, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? Yeah, our brand is uh, exponential-equity.com. So check out the website, sign up for the club. Uh, and if you want to reach uh, out to me personally, my email address is hemel, H-E-M-A-L, at exponential-equity.com. Look forward to connecting with any or all of your listeners uh, I'm sure you have quite a following uh, from LinkedIn and Facebook and other social media accounts that I don't even follow. Uh, <laughs> and I and, uh, love to interact with people, the real estate or otherwise. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you again. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. And thank you, uh, for, you know, for taking the time out today. I appreciate it. I know you're extremely busy. You got a lot going on. And so I do uh, just want to thank you for that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super grateful for the interaction as well. Thank you. My pleasure. And to all our listeners, remember, until next time, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? 
If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.